Oh, hello, John. Oh, hello, Dylan. Welcome to the rest of you. Dylan, how are you, Dylan? I'm good, John. This is Dylan talking. That is John Hastings. We are doing uh, Ole Anderson this week on The Wrestler Review. Dylan says he wasn't tired before we recorded, and the way he did that intro leads me to believe he hasn't slept in a year. Hi. Um, hi um, welcome. Uh... Oh, oh. No, I drink a lot of water now, so I get up to pee. <laughs> do you aging. pee no i no? Uh, before before i go to bed i uh i rip open eight salt packets and dump them down my throat so i don't <laughs> <get them knife>. <laughs> <laughs> you're just yelling kidney stones kidney stones kidney yeah. stones a doctor a doctor has walked up to me on the street more than once and just been like whatever you're doing it's wrong Mm. him sir you pissed a solid actual mcdonald's french fry what i'd like to say to you is congratulations you're a real yeah. man I, um, my diarrhea, the closest example is like, have you ever seen a dog look very concerned about a closed door? That's what my asshole sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) I should address this for the people looking at this, uh, doing renovations here, renovations. So what we're doing is I am recording this from my mother's house with the classic zoom setup of. A bunch of Dean Koontz novels in the back. Did you drive to your mom's house to record this very podcast? No, we're staying there on the weekends. That's smart. It's this very smart. smart. It's very nice. Dylan, I get does treat, your mom still I get treated like a, ro- a king? Does your mom still just get a rotisserie chicken for you to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But now I can say it's part of a diet. It's not <laughs> just, just it's not just a freewheeling thing to do, you know? <laughs> it's not just something you do in the afternoon. I'll say this, fat or skinny, you can fit a rotisserie chicken into your diet. Goddamn right. I don't anyone yeah. who's like anyone who purchases a grocery store rotisserie chicken and doesn't immediately just put it in the sink and get a fork and tell everyone to leave the house. Know what you are? You're no friend of mine. Yeah, you're either, no goddamn friend of mine. <laughs> if you're bul- you can just say you're bulking. Oh, I ate a whole chicken, that means I'm bulking. Yeah, yeah. You know what that means? It means I'm fucking ready. For what? Whatever comes my way. <laughs> I'm ready to lift these weights or sleep. I challenge you to a difficult shit contest. You, my friend, have yourself a competition. You know what, man? Difficult shits. Let's talk about the jagged shit of humanity that is Alan Oli the Rock Rogowski. I hate Alan Robert Rogowski so much. All of Oli Anderson's stories sound like lies. Every time he his version of the story is this. Oh, well, the problem is, is my dick got caught in 10 women's pussies during an orgy I did not start. And then I just was given 50 bucks for being cool. (laughs) Yeah, he's the classic guy of like, uh, he's like, isn't it crazy? I did like two days of work and now my shoulders are huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a real, as they say, he's a real Dylan Gott. You know what I mean? I worked out once, but then they kicked me out of the gym for having too big a dick. You want to know why I'm not allowed in Australia? They said you're too fucking hot. <laughs> I fucked everyone in Australia, including the prime minister, who turned into a girl, so it's not gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Ole Anderson, like, everyone's like, Ole Anderson of all the wrestlers being like, who would storm January 6th? Ole Anderson would show up on January 6th and be, you're doing it wrong, pussies. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. This isn't enough. This isn't racially motivated enough. 
He is a crazy guy because he's this mad and he was born in Minnesota. He's this mad and he was born in Minnesota and his entire life's goal was to just retire at 40, which he did. Like Ole Anderson mm-hmm. is also of all the wrestlers has no reason to be angry. Like it's like, well, here, how did he get into the business? Well, like all good wrestlers, he was just in the art. Like any, okay, there's a few ways you break into wrestling. One, you grow up a fan of being a wrestler. What's the other ways you break into wrestling? Hot at a gym. Yep. Football. Yep. Amateur wrestling. Yep. Meet Vern Gagne somehow. That's the that's my favorite one. Is Vern Gagne encounters you in the world? Literally the only person that uh, Ole Anderson was ever reverential to was Vern Gagne, and Vern Gagne. Was like, I like the way you tell me my back's strong. You got a your wrestling career. I also have a strong back. Well, let's rub these backs together and beat up the British Bulldogs eventually. Ole, here's the thing to remember about me, Vern Gagne. When you and I make love, that's that's better. <laughs> um, thing that, by the way, if this is a nail in Oli's coffin, this was not included in the research, but Oli Anderson is the only man I can find on the internet to talk positively about Greg Gagne. Do you understand how you can find more people that are pro Hitler than are poor pro Greg Gagne? I mean, you can there find are a more, lot of people that are pro Hitler. There are more Hitler lovers than mm-hmm. Greg Gagne lovers. More people like Mike Sanders. More people are upset. At the fact that you made fun of Mike Sanders' dead dog, then like Greg Gagne. You know what I like is is that Ole Anderson's also a guy that Jim Cornette's like, that guy likes his wrestling old school. Like yeah. Jim Cornette's yeah. like, he doesn't even think there should be ropes. Yeah, Jim Cornette's like, he, for six months in the Georgia territory, he tried to get them to wrestle naked only because he <laughs> wanted to be able to cut off Ric Flair's dick. The Greeks are the original wrestlers everything should be greek also ole anderson by the way is the biggest reason for vince mcmahon's success by far you think so a hundred percent just you're just gonna leave it i don't okay well we're jumping in so uh only so the georgia territory which was the crown jewel of territories it was where the tbs television was so mm-hmm. basically everyone talks about like oh tbs was a crown jewel it was just lucky in georgia there was the turner family that owned all the billboards their son, Ted, went, I'm going to go into television and also sailing and be very awkward around Jane Fonda after we divorce. And then he does that. How he builds his television empire is he goes, I need 24-hour content. I need to start five minutes after every show. And I need that content to be cheap and consistent. He buys the Andy Griffith show to put into syndication. And he puts on wrestling because it's cheap. During that, there's a wrestling war. Oli is brought in. If he wins the wrestling war, he gets a piece of that territory. The territory is owned by Jim Barnett, some other guy, the Briscoes, Oli. Oli doesn't like that Jim Barnett, who is as a controlling interest of that company, takes money out when he's owed money. According to Jim Barnett, according to Oli, he's embezzling money, even though he it, they were so successful they weren't embezzling money it was jim barnett was the majority owner he was t- he was bonusing himself inappropriately whatever jim barnett goes to tokyo to get new suits fitted Oli causes a coup d'etat the briscoes go we're not working for Oli because Oli's the only wrestler that we've covered on this show that everyone's like Oli was a bit backwards in his views like everyone's just like <laughs> do you understand that Oli's the only one where it's like you know like like, I wish Dick Murdoch was around to be like, now I am literally most of the time in a hood. And even I, like, he's yeah. weird. 
Asian restaurants. Yeah. I wouldn't get all of those words tattooed on my butt and then show them to different people that aren't white and go pick your word. Pick your word. Yeah, um, it's so weird that this guy was like when he Mar- forces I, the coup d'etat, the Briscoes yeah. leave. The, this is the important thing. The story always goes the Briscoes betrayed the NWA, but like the Briscoes always get respect. The reason why the Briscoes left is they were like, we will not own a business with Ole Anderson outright. Fuck this guy. We'll sell to Vince McMahon. And they undercut Ole Anderson as a fuck you to Ole Anderson. That gives, sets up Vince McMahon getting the television, which sets up him getting the money for WrestleMania from Jim uh, uh, Crockett. Crockett. If Ole doesn't pull that coup d'etat, Vince doesn't get Jim Barnett, which gives him the contacts for all the television shows, and he doesn't get the seed money for WrestleMania. It's a completely different wrestling landscape. And I guarantee Ole Anderson is like, yeah, does, does Vince send me 11 hookers to jack me off? No, no. <laughs> does Vince does Vince respond to my request for ice cream cake every concentric Wednesdays? No. For You're exactly right, though. For a guy that started wrestling to retire by 40 and didn't start wrestling at like, it's not like he started using, you know, when I'm 20. He started wrestling at 25, and then yeah. within 15 he years, he was in the army before that. I assume he had to leave the army because his own troops were trying to kill him. Like his commanding officer, the second day of basic training was reprimanded because he took out a lot a gun with live rounds, held it to Oli's head, and was just like, "I have to do this. You're so annoying." <laughs> and Oli was like, "You're too much of a pussy to fucking shoot." Actually, also, you know, your wife, she's actually been impregnated by me a bunch of times. Probably, I don't know. Like always, um, here's the thing that nut gun's too new. You should actually kill me with a with a musket. You have to fill every mm-hmm. time you shoot it. The thing you don't understand about Minnesota is it's actually the uh, it's like the it's the uh, it's the Athens of now. <laughs> it's just so funny that a guy is this mean from Minnesota. Everyone's like, "Could you want a pie there, Oli?" And he's like, "No, no. fatty and tastes good." There's nothing on his childhood here, but I assume he just got punched in the face by his father. At no, 10, I assume his he was parents like, were lovely people. And then mm-hmm. he was just, he came out, he came out and instead of crying, he turned around. The first seconds of his life was him shitting in his mom's own pussy. <laughs> he mm-hmm. shat in his mom's pussy as he was That happens out. a lot. Does it really? Yeah. And then you're like, we got to get this baby out now. Yeah. Yeah. We also got to get somewhere because God, I'm aroused, said Oldie's father. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, now this baby's making me hard. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, Oli was produced, by the way, because his dad backed up his asshole and took a bunch of shits in his mom's vagina and then just held it and went, let it cook, let it cook, let it cook. Nine months later, Oli walked out and was like, <laughs> <laughs> So this is fun because Alan Rogowski and his favorite wrestler was Crusher Lasowski. So it's just like, if it's not exactly Polish, Oli was pissed. Yeah, if it doesn't rhyme vaguely with his name, Oli does not like it. Yeah, the honestly, the worst thing about Oli Anderson was that his entire Everything? wrestling career and why he was so mad was because there was a light bulb in a socket and he just for his whole life still hasn't been able to screw that in. That's so funny. That's yeah, a I just joke. I don't get it. They're dumb. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know what? It's amazing. <laughs> Fuck you, you fucking bullish shits. Fuck off. <laughs> What is the origin <laughs> of the name Got? Just sounds it's a, cool. it's a mutt name. It means we oh. like the fuck. Hmm. <laughs> it's just everywhere in Europe. Dylan, in your teenage years, did you jack off in the room that you're in right now? This is 
a room. Um, well, first of all, as our friend Matt O'Brien says, you can tell my parents' age because they do have a dedicated computer room. That is where the computer lives. Um, and uh, no, this is not the house I grew up in. This is my mother moved here when uh, I left for collage. Is that because the house that you grew up in, like a home inspector came in and was like, my God, it's like someone dumps 10 gallons of cum into the floorboards. And she was like, what? And he's yeah, like, they were like, um, uh, the, the toilet's not refilling with water. That is pure 100% grade A yeah. teenager cum. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are aware you're for some reason showering and cum and what I think is spinal fluid. Are you telling me my son's loads are so fat spinal fluid comes out? That's right. He's the jacker. <laughs> yeah. And when he said he's the jacker, he took his uh, sunglasses off like in CSI. Yeah, he took his sunglasses off, and then both of his eyeballs just fell out and shattered. So, Oli got trained by Vern Gagne. How do you think he said that was? He said it was? Very good, very good, and then I was the best at it. Yeah, of course, it was very He easy. tried to stretch me, but I'm too stretchy, so actually yeah. I stretched him. He also claimed, by the way, that he his first match was either with Danny Hodge and that it was a shoot, but I was okay for it. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're not... Usually, we're exaggerating. All of Oli's stories are like... You think that that would be tough, but I was actually fine. You would think that having cancer and then coming up with a cure for it would be difficult, but I'm Ole Anderson, so it was very easy for me to figure out very quickly. Yeah, exactly. He probably goes to bed at like 8 a.m. every day, not because he's like an insomniac, but just because he's like, do you think you think that the darkness is going to defeat me? I win again, and then he just goes to sleep when the sun's out, and he's like, ha. Also, Ole is a creature of the night. Ole is goth. I wish Ole Anderson was like, I've discovered who I am and I'm quite nice now. I'm a goth. <laughs> Ole goth Anderson? Ole Anderson. He just, him and a bunch, him smoking cigarettes at some sort of weird diner with a bunch of teens. Like, this feels good. This is how it is. So let me get this straight. We hail Satan. <laughs> so wait a minute. This Marin Manson guy? I like him. Yeah, wait. So you tell me this Marilyn Manson just dates teenagers, and then if he doesn't like him, he puts them in a closet? Sounds like how I treated Tully in 88. <laughs> no, you know, uh, of the four horses. Oh, he didn't have a beard, so technically he was either a baby or a small woman. <laughs> His favorite of the four horsemen was Tully. Do you, <laughs> everything you learn about Ole Anderson, you're just like, well, hate him more. Who is your best friend of the business? Um, well, that would be Invader 2. And then, of course, Chris Benoit, the later years. <laughs> yeah, my, my three closest friends were uh, Crotch Rot, Invader 2, and when Chris Benoit just left me rambling messages about Eddie Guerrero's soul. <laughs> I like talking about the afterlife. I'm Goth Ole Anderson. That's I was actually goth. friends with a lot of football players, too. Uh, O.J. Simpson, Ray Carruth, and, of course, um, the guy who killed uh, JFK. I was very, of course, friends with Ray Lewis when he was wearing that white suit and then had to yeah. change at the middle of that nightclub appearance for no reason in particular. <laughs> I'll never forget going to rural Chicago to, men, to meet my friend John. He was a, a nice man who dressed up as a clown on weekends who had a very smelly crawl space. I, I do think <laughs> that uh, he should be a guy on Dark Side of the Ring. Just so every single episode, we're like, and that's when Grizzly Smith took advantage of his children. And then Ole Anderson would be like, no, it's good. They're your children. You should use them. It's like a cup. 
Yeah. Oh, who doesn't want to give a margarita to a, ni- a seven-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anderson just goes out and says that. But I, in my mind, he's not like, you know, how everyone was like really well-framed. He's so far away from the camera just holding a drink. <laughs> don't get, look, get, don't yeah, get my okay, eyes. This is only for the people at home. So everyone else is well-framed. For the people watching the video for Patreon, this would be Ole Anderson's. Like, they can't figure. He would refuse to use anything but FaceTime, and it would just be his chin. It would be just be this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, let me say this about him, though. Like, and it's just like, like, okay, I'm ready to broadcast. Benoit had lost on TV two weeks in a row. He had to get his heat back. That's why he did it. Let me tell you why. Someone heard that he was crying at Eddie Guerrero's funeral, and it was either kill his wife and kid or not be considered for the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> I'd choose the IC title, too. Yeah. You, you, you know, my son, Brian, I've been grinding up little bits of glass into his food since he was a baby. <laughs> As it turns out, now he's just, he, he just needs the glass to live. <laughs> Here we go. 1967, he comes in the AWA. And he was either Al Rogowski, because remember, the only uh, person that wants you to know anything about Ole Anderson is Ole Anderson. And he, of course. in interviews, just says different things constantly. Or Rock Rogowski, which Rock Rogowski is a much better name than Ole Anderson. But have you seen the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and you seen Gene Anderson? Yeah. Gene Anderson, they're claiming these guys are brothers. And it's like Gene Anderson cl- is, he looks like he's, he's his dad. Well, Gene Anderson also, Gene Anderson for me also looks Italian. Like Gene Anderson literally looks like <laughs> an Italian stereotype. Like he literally looks like he should be saying like, oh, yo, you know, like Paul Castellano. Like it's my name's Gene Anderson and I'm from Minnesota. The hey, Minnesota fucking... section of Brooklyn, bro. Like that's what okay, Gene Anderson Okay, so I'm like. in the fucking wrecking crew here, bro. Let me tell you about this. You're a fuck. Pussy. How about that? You can't say that on TV. You can't say that on TV. I'm Gene Anderson, bitch. We're going, me and only, we're going to go get pizza slices the size of our fucking dicks. That's 10 feet long. (laughs) Gene Anderson's great because he looks literally like a harmless guy. And he's like, I'm going to put on my bathing suit. We call it trunks. It's wrestling. It's a bathing suit. We can all be friends, guys. Amazing because he's just he just doesn't exist on the internet. There's no Of course not. There's no shoot interviews really he's done. There's no shoot interviews really about him. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind of he's just out there doing stuff. Yeah, of course. But also like he's Gene Anderson so like Oli already talks on behalf of him and guaranteed he kind he seems like the type of guy who's like I don't even want to get involved in all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty obviously and cleanly made a exit from wrestling which is something we all wish we could do yeah the, this program has been trying to do it by saying very objectionable things about <laughs> yeah we tried to stop it we tried to stop this actively and no one's letting us but what's even crazier about Oli? i want to say this right now the awa noted place whatever. for Vern Gagne made all the money and you don't uh uh Oli went out of his way to be like within my first three or four days of working in the awa i made 350 dollars he's i fucking hate him I hate him so, here's the thing reading the research and then i went on a bit of a spree because i and by the way i have to pause i'm so sorry to the listeners i feel that my uh my preparation and abilities on this program have been waning in the last weeks because i just had a bunch of distractions and i wasn't focused not this week ladies and gentlemen we got this one and then patreon is kenta which is the most fucking weird thing to go from i hate this man more than anything in the world to like 
I think Kenta is just a sweet boy who's like, I would like to be a wrestler. And then adversity got in the way and he didn't let it stop him. Is Kenta uh, Kobashi, by the way? And also, he might be... It's so funny because they're the opposite people, but I still would say this. And uh, I don't want to be Jim Cornette, but if you divorce who this man is, Ole Anderson is a very good wrestler and a very good promo. He's a very he's, he's a very good wrestler. And also, I would say he's an incredibly good territorial booker. Like, he mm. listens... He uses all of the different skills of the places he goes to. Like, look at the Georgia and... At uh, one point, Car- he's booking Carolina. multiple territories at the same at time. At the same time. And he only starts getting criticism once he gets to the Black Scorpion. Bear in mind that that is about 10 years worth of booking. How he worked with Jim Barnett was terrible. But again, he was brought in by Barnett and Georgia to win a territorial war. He knows... He is a wartime booker. He knows how to promote big man, gruff, realistic-looking wrestling. The problem is, is that the 80s changes so quickly and he could, you couldn't, it, his literal Achilles heel would be the other guy has a strong smashed over baby face that is designed for television and for the movies. And now Oli doesn't know how to combat that. His his Achilles heel is fun. Yeah. <laughs> his Wrestling, only let's be honest, having, it's your even... Even the lower card, like even the heels started to be fun. Like uh, Piper, all these guys are fun. Ric Flair, fun. And who was it we were doing who was like, I think they had a big, I think Oli was the guy. Who, yeah, because I was listening to some stuff about Oli. And honestly, I kind of agree with him. His, his, always his problem with Flair was he's like, he's not a heel. He's clearly trying to be a baby face. He's trying to do both things at the same time. I he think. right. Like, he's right. And the counterpoint to that for me would be like, Ric Flair's an asshole and he's being an asshole, but he's just so good at it. That, like, there's no way you can watch Ric Flair against Magnum TA and be like, oh, I'm going to cheer for Magnum TA because Magnum TA is just like, I'm saying what you think I you think I, I think you like, but it also, but I just want to lick a toilet seat with some powder on it, baby. You be Magnum <laughs> TA, I'll be Ric Flair back and forth. No, you be Magnum TA ordering a sandwich, I'll be Ric Flair ordering a sandwich. Okay, cool. Bacon? Mayonnaise? Sandwiches are for women. Woo! Actually, Knife Edge chops a garbage can, walks into the middle of the traffic, gets into a taxi cab. Someone else in it goes to bar. Gets hit by a car, pretends he's okay, does the flare flop in the middle of the street. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Magnum TA is just like eating his weird sandwich, being like, which one of you whores wants to suck a cowboy's dick? Yeah, which one of you would like to know what it's like to go to sleep at a reasonable hour after I... Hey, I've got the sandwich so toasted, it's so crunchy, none of the sandwiches in my mouth, it's just all on the sidewalk. I should have, <laughs> just to get me away, <laughs> I should have, uh, Magnum TA, probably a nice guy. We did an episode on him, I forget wholeheartedly... About he all of nice, He was a nice man, but we, the one thing we detected is that his promos, for some reason, always took a very odd homoerotic turn. No, there was that one where it's like, I'm going to come on you, I'm going to come on you like no one's ever come on you before. Yeah, There's that one. I'm saying, but then we discover another one where it's going, and that's because I'm a big man. Like, I remember there were two. Oh, yeah. He was just, va- like, you're just like, Magnum T, progressive. Uh, the other it was that weird time in wrestling is- where it's like all the bookers were super homophobic like Ole Anderson, but we're also like, I mean, he's a babyface. Look how fucking hot he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did like- 
I've said I'm Ole Anderson. Let me say this right now. As long as you're the one penetrating the asshole, that is straight. <laughs> and I'll say this right now. I am a dangerously toxic man. But you know what? If you if, if it looks good, yum yum for Ole. That's what's I tattooed on I me. would like if Ole turned out he was just a very progressive when it came to sex, sex, but like very regressive when it came to race. Hey, listen, this is the rock Ole Anderson. And whether your relationship is monogamous or, of course, polyamorous, the thing to remember is that you want to have as many loads dropped on your chest, face, and feet <laughs> in a given day just to make everything seem interesting. Oh, sure, I mean to everyone I meet, but I worship the pussy. I'll worship the labia, left or right side. Oh, I'll just rub a part of my body onto your pussy until you go, <laughs> which is the sign you're about to squirt. Squirt, by the way, you want to know how you get blood from a stone? You cover the Rock Ole Anderson in sweet, sweet pussy squirt. I think that well, there's a good chance. Well, Ole Anderson is probably, uh, we'll get into the fact that he, while working as a booker for WCW, bedded one of like the higher ups, uh, well, Jim Hurd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, why don't we just, why don't we get out of these uh, wet clothes so into a nice medium the- pizza? Yeah, they were arguing. You know, in sitcoms, they always have that scene where two characters are arguing and then they make out. They were doing that about the ding dongs and then just full fucked in front of Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They full did it. They full yeah. did it. Shivani just went and got himself a bunch of popcorn chicken from a KFC and watched. Well, he went, um, uh, I don't have a condom. And then Oli's like, I'll just keep my pants on. And then he's like, that checks out. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's good. So after, by the way, I want you to know we're still in the first year of Oli's career. Just, no, because he's we we're gonna talk about now when he left the AWA and Stu Hart, dressed in a full suit, just showed up in the shower with Oli Anderson. I, this is one Oli made clearly made up thing. Maybe Oli is just in like he just does a bunch of glue. Like, he's just always <laughs> sniffing so much glue. And he's like, I'll tell you what happened there. There was uh, the, the horse from Zorro, first of all. That was my first match, was against the horse from Zorro. And then I was in the four horsemen when they were real horses. Every time I show up a building, first thing I do, go to hardware. Double glue and four cans of spray paint. Huff the spray paint. That's the appetizer. And then you want to, of course, move on to some hardcore glue sniffer. Yeah, exactly. He's a glue sniffer. It's such a weird asshole. How about this? How about I go to the paint store, get some samples, and that's me sorted for the night. Yum, 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 paint. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would make sense. All right, Rick, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go Broadway with Steamboat, but the important thing is I'm going to huff an entire liter of glue. (laughs) But I'm going to be fucking ripped on paint the whole time. I won't know this from that. (laughs) I'm going to look like one of those living statues, but also like I just had a bunch of milk. (laughs) Oh, my God. The idea that Ole Anderson was a glue sniffer is one of the funniest jags you've ever come up with on this program. Uh, a jag, just, a it, jape. It explains everything, by the way. Just just like, um, why was Ole so mean? They were out of paint that day. Why, uh, why did Ole go home? He heard the, a Home Depot opened up in Atlanta. Finally, options for my sniffing. I will say this, though. As far as what the nwa and frankly this is another thing i am thinking kobashi have in common is they are both not ripped but just barrel chested men yeah who are perfect for wrestling 6 1 270 of just fucking they're both houses gene anderson looks like me going to the shower 
And Ole Anderton is just a thick boy. Gene, Gene, yeah. Our, also, him and Kenta both have barely no neck. Like, it's one of those things mm. where they basically are shoulder all chest. to head. Yeah, it's just basically like, yeah, it's all chest, nubbly little legs. And I guarantee just, like, they also do, they do not, they just, leg day for them is squats. Kenta has day is, gorgeous legs. I will say that. Ole Anderson... Ole Anderson's doing what something. No, I don't no. know. Ole Anderson has a quality dumper. We can mm. shoot on this man all we want, but his caboose is an is loose. Dylan God. <laughs> I think he's like. It's such a weird thing because you can't as a wrestler. You're like, oh, that guy's really good, and then you hear his opinions. Like, I guess he's just was playing himself and thought hey, it was yeah, real. Yeah. Ole Anderson just also clearly like when the if he had been if his career had been moved up ten years, he would be the Jim Cornette of right now. Like he would also, mm. I if also Fox News existed, I guarantee Ole Anderson would have appeared on it like way more. Welcome yeah, to Bill he, O'Reilly, and now for the section of the show known as "Whoa, this guy takes it too far." Let's go to Ole the Rock Anderson. Let me say this about all women: they should be shaved, tattooed, and categorized. I'm Ole Anderson. <laughs> oh, and we have uh, a bunch. Of, we have Sean Hannity to disagree with someone for the first time ever on this network. Now, please welcome to the program Ole Anderson, a man who's running for president of the United States on the ticket that all people that vape should be, quote unquote, 9-11. <laughs> but here's the fun thing about the territories. The Minnesota Wrecking Crew uh, is uh, together for uh, over a decade. And uh, oh, you're telling me the Toronto based uh, sketch group involving a guy named Nug and Ron Sparks was wrestling yes. this far back? Yeah, <laughs> and they they win several titles. They move from basically from mid Atlantic to Japan to GCW, and they just kind of rinse and repeat what that cycle. What was Ole Anderson like in Japan? Like I guarantee, there's a whole country of them. It was a guarantee. Why do they the have hamburgers thing? with fish in them that are small? I hate yeah. that. Uh, excuse me, you're not supposed to have buildings. That's an American thing. Excuse me. <laughs> he just excuse kept on me. yelling Pearl Harbor at people for sure. <laughs> Would <laughs> only talk to people from America who would then have to. What is weird to though, the by Japanese the way, people. is that uh, Ole Anderson was very sympathetic to the uh, rise of communism in China. He read Mao's Little Red Book, and although he did, he disagreed with the overall thesis. He found some of the points intriguing and interesting. Ole Anderson, a complicated, complicated man. But there's some good stuff he does once he gets out of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. He's uh, he has a feud with Thunderbolt Patterson. And that leads him to forming the team with Arn Anderson, yes. where it's one of the weirdest heel promos of all time, where he's like, Thunderbolt, I have no problem with you. It's just that this guy is better than you as a tag team partner. And the next time I see you, uh, you should watch your back. It's not, he doesn't, he just, it's the most straightforward, I'm a heel and I am turning on you that I've ever seen in my life. Well, and then, and it's great. Yeah, and then that leads to uh, the Andersons against Manny Fernandez and Thunderbolt, and obviously they lose because it's Thunderbolt Patterson, and uh, Ole's going to be booked better than Thunderbolt Patterson for reasons we won't get into. Yeah, for for some real Charlottesville political mm. reasons. Mm, for some reasons. Uh, this is also Ole is starting to be much more of a presence behind the scenes in all of the territories he's involved in. He's at least giving suggestions. He also is very clearly one of the advantages of being a wrestler at this time is if you're just a loudmouth asshole who can back up some of your claims, evidently you just do better. 
Yeah, and like I said, there's a lot of stuff to like where he's so far up the card, but also not a world champion level talent. And he seems to, and he's clearly very comfortable. If you're looking at it from a booking perspective, he's clearly very comfortable working with people because he's worked with someone for over a decade with no problems. Yeah, it's also that thing of he's clearly bitterness because one of those things where at this time, Oli was clearly a racist. And you can tell that because every wrestler who isn't white is like, he's just a bad guy like that, which is wrestler code for, you know, the word you're not about to say about my the people of my genetic heritage. That's what was written on my checks. <laughs> well, also actively more racist than Bill Watts because Bill Watts. I mean, not to compare apples to apples, but like clearly Ernie Ladd was an accommodating man because he hung out with Bill Watts and Ernie Ladd got in like fights with Ole Anderson, beat up Ole Anderson. Imagine it being said, who is that uh, nice accommodate? The idea that the amount of people can say, oh man, give me that reasonable Bill Watts as opposed to that. <laughs> asshole Ole Anderson like it's, it's just crazy no one likes Ole Anderson Jim Cornette is the closest person you can find to liking Ole Anderson and he's mostly like Ole called me a piece of shit but then said there were worse pieces of shit so I'm not as big a piece of shit it's so crazy that he would just like how does this man think he's in charge like it's one of those how, things where here's it, how it, big of an asshole Ole Anderson is Try and find out what Ole Anderson's finishing move was. Oh, I know what it was. It was an arm what bar. Was it? it was a rest hold. It's what we now know as a rest hold, and I guarantee that's why he hated new wrestling is because everyone did his finishing move. And that's what remember, you know how it was like, oh, the Andersons always pick a limb? Yes. No, that was that's because his move was the arm bar, and it was like watching a Gene Anderson and Ole Anderson match is crazy because it's like Gene Anderson's big setup for Ole's finisher is he goes off the top with a knee to the guy's arm and it's supposed to be, oh man, his arm's incapacitated and Ole got the tap and it's like... I can't Gordon Soley gets credit for being the greatest wrestling commentator ever when whenever he commentates something like that, which you could make that exciting being like, well, I gotta understand that's the way of a human being coming down on your arm. Uh, hello, folks. I just want to let you know that... Um, the uh, vein that I usually inject pure pharmaceutical cocaine to my penis has scabbed over. So I'm going to be a bit of low energy today. Now, uh, let's go to the ring where Ole Anderson has uh, been has put uh, George Scott in an arm bar for the last 45 minutes. Teddy Long, the referee, has tried to stop the match. But uh, Ole has said some words. Now, I'm aware of what they could mean, but I've never heard them used in such a manner before. But it's so funny, and I know it is a long time, but it's so funny to watch like Ole Anderson in the 70s where it's like, you're right, Gordon's Ole being like, and uh, now it, uh, we got the Andersons here for an interview. And then Ole comes in, he's like, hello, Gordon. And he's like, see, we hate the Andersons because they raise their voice slightly. Never should raise your voice. And then 30 years later, it's like <laughs> Kane kicking a woman in the stomach and she has an abortion because of the kick of the stomach and everyone's like, yeah, whatever like that go from like slight voice raise to boot woman in stomach. I know this is, it's basically, like, sorry, it was Oli Snitsky. Don't wrong. kill me. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, like Oli's not wrong in that wrestling does get ridiculous, but his reasons he's like, it's ridiculous. Now a guy that's not named Oli Anderson. That isn't me making more money than me. Oli Anderson. What the hell? <laughs> Well, I mean, we're skipping way ahead here, but there is an amazing interview with Ole Anderson where he claims that Vince McMahon is a failure because he can't draw in Georgia anymore. 
<laughs> we should pause. We should take a break, actually, because we're going nuts here. Yeah, I mean, it's over. It's been over thirty minutes. The thing is, there's a thing to say how long we've been doing, and it only shows up once we've rendered the recording, which is really, really good, right? So what we're, we're going to do is take a break, and then we'll be back more. I'm broken and going through a divorce. I'm a daddy now. Please donate to Patreon for Christ's fucking sakes. Give us some fucking money, you fucks. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Patreon.com backslash. All right, so the main thing, I got to fucking say this. Dylan! Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it is the 80s Ole Anderson is basically like 70s Ole Anderson is he's like kind of this dust wonder kid. He's broken into the business. He is a very good mid card tag team wrestler. He's a very good uh, main event tag team wrestler. He is a very good booker. He's become sort of one of the like archangels of the NWA, a great protector. And it's sort of like he got the ego of 80s cocaine abuse without the cocaine. And is literally like, I don't need some sort of. Peter Pumper to tell me what to do. Time to move Burnett out of the way and get those two Briscoes away from me. I don't... You working on a body shop? You touching anything that's a body that could be a man is bad. You're bad, Briscoe brothers. And uh, answer me this question. You're fixing a car and there's a seat in there and a man's been in that seat. That is too gay for me. Yeah, that man's buttocks has touched that seat. That seat should be burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a man has had, uh, wait a minute, you're holding men's jeans and these are designed to hold a man's a penis. Nope. Every time I go to a movie, I have to see it in a brand new movie theater because I will not sit in a seat that a man has sat in. Also, <laughs> but he's a, he's a champion. I have been like, kicked off many airplanes because I refuse to sit next to any human man that is considered uh, uh, a. Uh, what did my best friend Ultimate Warrior call it? A queering? That's what that is. I'm. <laughs> well, this is the interesting thing is is that this guy, this guy wins. He's won world tag titles, but as far as singles titles, he literally only has the NWA Georgia Television Championship and the Macon Heavyweight Championship. So he's oh in these God. feuds with. Thunderbolt Patterson, as we mentioned before, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. So he's at the top of the card, but he loses all the feuds at the top of the card. Because, and this is something that goes to Eric Bischoff's point. And by the way, Eric Bischoff and Ole, and Ole Anderson is fascinating because they essentially are like they are the exact opposites in every way. Well, Ole could be a reason why Bischoff got that job because he sold himself as a TV guy. And that's how he Oli got that is job. The re- right? I think Oli is definitely part of the reason that Bischoff got that job and is also part of the reason why Bischoff had to get rid of Oli very quickly is that Oli is pretty savvy. Like Oli is able to survive a lot longer than most of these guys. And he stays in. W- so think about this. He is part of the brass of the NWA under Dusty. And he is basically the last man standing until they get to fucking Eric Bischoff. And Eric Bischoff is the last guy to sort of expunge all the old NWA guys out of WCW. That's way long. That's so long. If you're Ole Anderson of holding on in a corporate... Imagine Ole Anderson in a corporate environment. Ole, you need to validate your parking. You have to stop just physically attacking the parking attendants when they ask for money. It's free. You just have to bring your ID. I only have one idea that's a folded American flag so people know I'm American. <laughs> I think that Oli, it must have been, the only thing I can think of is that he survived that long because he just wasn't wearing a cowboy hat and he didn't actively threaten the other employees like Bill Watts did. 
Like the bar was probably set so low by Bill Watts where it's like, well, he doesn't release livestock into the office. So let's keep Bill Watts constantly was pissing off of his balcony in Atlanta. Like, here's the thing with Bill Watts is he's a fucking dick. He's a dick and a pedophile employer. Here's the one thing that I will say about the dark side of the ring grizzly Smith, which they skirted, which is like, oh, no one seemed to know anything except for what is known about Bill Watts is he was in everyone's business. And I guarantee Bill Watts was like, what is Grizz up to? Oh, with that information, I can pay him less. Very good. Yes. Oh, that is. But also it's like the, the I think where Jim Cornette gets in a lot of trouble with the, how he talks about wrestling is, is this belief of private life and professional life are completely separate and that's no longer a thing. Yeah, that doesn't exist. 2021 exactly 2021 your private life and your professional life are not different you say something online obviously you have some fucked up opinion then you're totally you know you're totally culpable for that opinion versus the 80s where it was so far the other way where it's like does he buy children no from overseas yes is he a good zamboni driver also yes he's staying yeah 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 like it's again wrestling there was a time when wrestling, like, yeah, okay, sure, he is David Duke. But if you had it, <laughs> And Oli really put that to the test because Tito Santana would be like, he'd be like, you're losing tonight, and then call me a slur. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Tito Santana was like, let me tell you how hard it was to be in the NWA. It's Easter. The phone rings. Oli Anderson just says all of the words that uh, former President Trump used to think to my kid and then hangs up the phone. Yes, and that's why everyone was like, wow, Vince McMahon was so regressive in his storylines. Why did guys like that stay? It's like, because the other option was, Here's you are not playing a matador, but we are treating you horribly. Like one of the bulls. We're just going to have a guy stab you in the testicles in the middle of the ring. Here's the craziest thing. about Vince McMahon is the most progressive of all of the wrestling territory owners. I guarantee, like, I guarantee you Jerry Jarrett right now is talking about QAnon to someone in a diner <laughs> in Memphis. I don't know. I do. I mean, I'm fresh off reading both of Jim Ross's books, so I do kind of think. How about you far- mention that again? You've mentioned that the last eight episodes in a row. You're just like, oh, well, as an two of them. in Jim Ross. Two of them. We've, Dylan, this is a wrestling podcast. If two you don't think books. I've read the first one. I haven't read the second. Two books. The second one is uh, very sad. Because that's the one about his wife dying, and then he—that is the one where he talks about how sad he is that Jan died, and how he's like, if I if it wasn't for AEW, I probably would have killed myself. And then that really is like, anytime you're like, uh, Jim Ross doesn't even know these guys' names, I just feel terrible. Like people stop messaging that grieving man that I know. And also, by the way, and I watched this on Double or Nothing, which is he's learned how to commentate around that, which is he gets Excalibur to say the names, and then he just responds, and it's very good, like. Here's the thing with Jim Ross. It's like, oh, he wasn't perfect at this completely different job. Yeah, it took him to about two because I like dipped in and out. But he's like, he's back, baby. And yeah, he looks a little tired, but it's like, yeah, man, you know how much you have to drink? Like, I would, <laughs> Yo, legit, I would, you know that that man is like a he probably smokes two packs a day and he's fucking wasted when he does that show. Yeah, let me put it this way. I. I broke my shoulder and elbow and got a divorce within six weeks of each other and a bunch of other really fucked up shit happened within the span of about four months. I And let me say this. If I was the voice of a wrestling promotion, I would seem a little distant. What I've been through is like 0.0001% of one day my wife 
drove her Vespa to check the mail while I was at the store driving back. I saw that Vespa on fire and thought, well, I hope Jan's okay. Not realizing that that crunching noise was me wife. Jesus Christ. And Ole Anderson sent a thank you card to the guy who ran over Jan. Hello, is this, is hello, Jim? Jim, is your wife Jan there? It's Oli. Oli, Jan's dead. Okay. Calls back. Jim, it's Oli Anderson. Is Jan there? Oli, I said Jan's dead. I know. I just like hearing saying it. Ha 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 ha. Oli Anderson prank. Oli Anderson prank. Oli Anderson prank is going to Reed's house, giving him heroin. Oli Anderson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oli Anderson prank. Let's all go to Kansas and change the clip for the gear. Oli Anderson prank. Ole Anderson. When did... Okay, well, two things, I suppose. Uh, when did... What did Ole Anderson say when he met Vincent Linda McMahon shortly after the GCW purchase? He pointed at one of them and went, fuck you, and then he pointed at the other one and went, fuck you, and claims that that's the reason for the heat for years. Here's the actual truth. They never met in person. Vince doesn't know who Ole Anderson is. He just thinks that's Arn's nickname. No, he knows who Ole Anderson is because that's why... That's why he was Ken Kennedy and not Ken Anderson. And uh, because Vince said, I fucking hate the last name Anderson. That's so no, but I thought he was Ken Kennedy because he was going to be Vince's bastard son. Well, they named him Kennedy because that because they they were like Vince started Vince hated him because his name was Ken Anderson. And then they were like, why don't we name him Kennedy? And since that's Vince McMahon's been a lame, and he's like, no, that's good. What an easy man to please. How about this? His name is last name is Kennedy and he has diarrhea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got <laughs> he gets up there and he poops his little pants. Can we have him little pants? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he likes ACDC and diarrhea. This man's going to be He sounds he doesn't sound bad. Jim Ross describes the first time he drove with Vince McMahon is he got in the car, turned on ACD <laughs> and just started farting. <laughs> and drove so fucking fast. <laughs> it's so it's such a good and every time he would before he farted, he'd make sure the windows were rolled up. <laughs> Here's the thing. I horrifically disagree with Vince McMahon in every way. I know we would get along very well. Like, I'd just be like... Oh, yeah. It'd be an old school bro down. Yeah. <laughs> Banana! <laughs> Tell me, the John, about the time you shit on a wall. <laughs> I was walking with the, with the child, and uh, I saw through teenagers, and they were probably about to get into a fight, and I stopped, and I was like, this is sick, and then I realized I'm of the age I should probably stop it, not be like, yo. <laughs> yo, let's <laughs> no, go, just... boys. Let's go. Let's do this. Anyway, Ole Anderson, did you know he was in The Four Horsemen? What? Yeah. Crazy. Four Horsemen with starts and ends with the Paul Roma era. And I, I do think that Arn Anderson is all the good parts of Ole Anderson, just without the fact that he's Ole Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arn Anderson. I think that's why everyone loves Ole Anderson, because they get to love Arn Anderson for how good a wrestler he is and how an amazing a promo he is. And also, Arn Anderson is just a... I, and he's my favorite wrestler of all time. I think he's... I think he might be the most underserved in-ring technician ever. That guy is a fucking machine. Both yeah, and in the ring, and you ask his wife. You ask his wife what happens. 
She let's put it this way. She still can't sit on bar stools because she has been stretched. Oh, and also Oli is the reason. Oli is the thing. The one good thing he did in wrestling, I think you could say unequivocally, is before Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson would always just wear these weird hats into the ring. He would always wear he would wear like a fedora because he was like clearly uncomfortable with balding. And then Ole Anderson was like, we have to be proud of who we are. Is that true that he used to do this? I don't believe you. Watch the first match where Ole helps Arn beat Manny Fernandez. Oh, and Arn is wearing a fucking safari fedora, but just like oh, nothing boy. else. You know what I mean? Like nothing. Yeah. It just seems like a guy going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but he just makes sure to put on his safari hat. It's very well, there uncomfortable. Might be spiders. Um, <laughs> well, how am I supposed to block out the sun? Yeah, exactly. What were you... Well, don't you take a shit inside? Not at night. At night, you have to shit outside. <laughs> it's nighttime. Get yeah. the breeze wait, wait, on your wait, hog. Wait a minute. You're shitting inside during the night? Okay, Mr. France. Yeah. I didn't realize that this entire house took, was in Europe. <laughs> so apparently Ole thinks that Dusty Rhodes came up with the entire thing for the Four Horsemen. Here are the people he liked in the Four Horsemen. Uh, he, all right. First of all, he thinks he made he made Arn. God damn it! Tully was okay, and he hated Rick. Of course, who ha- who doesn't hate Rick though? Of course he made, he made yeah. I mean, honestly, Ole Anderson was literally the star that burned turned the uh, sorry stirred the drink in this because he was related to Arn in storyline, and Rick Flair was also related to Arn and Ole. He was their cousin. That was the thing they used to string it together. Yeah, and it was this this odd thing of like, and they're the Minnesota Wrecking Crew in a way. Yeah, they made them the Minnesota Wrecking Crew again, and it looked like there would be a yeah, third made- generation with C.W. Anderson. No, of course. Like, how could I forget about C? And who was C.W. Anderson's tag team partner? Oh, it was ECW, so it was a human penis filled with heroin. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, it was New Jack's eventual faking of his own death. No, who was ECC? Was it? Uh, oh my God, who was it? No, that was Swinger Diamond and Swinger. Anyway, it wasn't Johnny I'm Swinger. Looking it up because it's driving me crazy. But C.W. Anderson had the greatest uh, catchphrase, which was "Cause I'm an Anderson," and that's all he said over and over again. Well, it would just be he would do anything, and he would say, "Cause I'm an Anderson." It's like, uh, any milk in that? No, I'm an Anderson. Sweet. Skull Von Crush, Danny Doring, and Roadkill all uh, worked with him a fair amount. He was uh, T.W. Anderson was best friends with Nova. Yeah, because they did some sort of the Extreme Horseman thing, right? Yeah, he was because he was uh, he was managed by Louis Dangerously, who was the sign guy. Probably Carino, because Carino was like they're they're going to be super oh, old yeah, school, right? Carino, then, yeah, because that was the oh that was fucking great. And he had I that mean, great match with uh, Tommy Dreamer where they didn't use barbed wire; they used razor wire. Oh, I know. Oh, I wanted. I always wondered what the razor wire thing. I, that just felt like Paul Heyman was like, "I we gotta take it up a notch." Yeah, and it was also weird because barbed wire had pokes and razor wire laid flat, so it was kind of like, "Oh, he's nothing happened really." Yeah, it's, <laughs> actually, uh, the it's, guy who did the spinebuster is way. He cut it the fucking shit out of his hands. Remember before <laughs> when you had fun watching these matches? That time is over. Yeah, that's that's a hardcore wrestling in cage of death. I would love to see Ole Anderson do Cage of Death. He'd be like, okay, good. You just shoot everybody. Like, they're all dead. I win. I brought a gun. I win. (laughs) First of all, you cap the knees so they don't die as a man standing up and then just one on the forehead. And then now you're dead. 
first move if you're going to kill is, of course, turn the air conditioning up. That prevents blood flow. So you get more shots in before they realize they've been hit. <laughs> what well, you want to do is cut to, their oh, throat. From when I hunt, what I do is I buy a bunch of deer from a farmer and then I just keep them in a cold room and I stand from an elevated position and throw grenades at them. <laughs> I will say this. Ole Anderson in the Four Horsemen. Great. Great wrestler. All of them could all of them could lose, which I think is really interesting for a heel stable. Like every heel stable after this has one heavy who it's like, okay, clearly they're just building this guy. Yeah, and that's a great point. Well, it's again because this was the first time and it was also organic. That's true. That's very true. And these are also four very good wrestlers. You know what, Dylan? You're not wrong there. <laughs> Finally, I made a point. Anderson. Finally. Ole Anderson retires in 1987. Uh, that's because his son Bryant was no, going to become not. a wrestler. He retires because no one wants to deal with him anymore, and so he has to just fucking retire. Like, let's let's stop fucking sucking each other's assholes here. He retired because no one wants to be around him. Like, but I mean, Ole and Ole, everyone. I hate you. Go away. Ole in the original uh, Andersons in the original. Not the original Andersons, but Arn and Oli with Tully and Rick is probably the best. Um, Absolutely. It's pound for pound one of the best stables ever. It's also the intimidatingly, what they look like is they look like the pretty boy jocks grew up and now they rule this town. I don't know if Oli's pretty. He, no, Flair is. Flair is the pretty boy jock and here's his three fucking heavies. In the way that the Four Horsemen kind of invented that whole mold, but it was all done organically. Everyone's spot in that you have like the crazy good wrestler, the fucking gruff older mentor, the fucking uh, the heavy bodyguard figure and the franchise player. Like that's basically every good faction, stable group gang in wrestling. It are those things. It, with the exception of the NWO is weirdly not that. Well, you get Wyndham like Wyndham is good, too. And Barry Wyndham in the Four Horsemen is probably Rick Flair's most Barry fun Windham is so fucking annoying. Like he's just, uh, I'm, um, my dad does this. So I do it too. Yeah. My dad's in jail. So I'm going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I am here cause my dad, uh, I don't know. It, this would be like if he was a plumber and I'm a plumber, I don't care well, about this Barry. And, uh, I'm really just living up to that name. I'm going to have a bunch of old Milwaukee's and then I'm going to have a bunch of old Milwaukee's boom. Uh, That's yeah. the sense of humor I like. First, yeah. It puts the lotion on its skin or whatever. I've only seen that one movie. <laughs> okay, so then Oli comes back to... <laughs> somehow, Oli gets picked to... I guess it's because they were going through the old Rolodex of who was successful in the territories, and they land on Oli. But Oli becomes a booker in WCW in the late 80s and early 90s. In 1990, he's ahead of the booking committee. He does some really good stuff, but then he also does the Black Scorpion, which he was like, I got a plan for. And the main problem with the Black Scorpion was everything was cartoony, but like, if you're going to do cartoony stuff, first of all, they spent money on a spaceship, but not his costume. And then it ended up just being Ric Flair again. It's also because it, the, the main issue that everyone has with the Black Scorpion, which doesn't actually get like conveyed in the reporting is he didn't have an ending for it. That's everyone's problem with it. Yeah. And it was only just doing the voice. It's really, yeah, it's, uh, those of you who haven't seen the black scorpion, it's a guy threatening sting over and over again. 
He lands yeah, in a spaceship. And it just doesn't really work. Yeah. yeah, he lands in a spaceship, and it turns out it's Ric Flair, and no one was surprised. Everyone's like, oh, is it probably Flair? And they're like, no. Oh, geez. Yeah. But they had a guy signed who it was going to be, and then it just wasn't. It was going to be Al Perez, and then Al Perez left. I, what I, yeah, but it's also, it didn't make sense that it was going to be Al Perez. What I think it was is Oli was like, the only way that that could have worked is if it was the Ultimate Warrior. Like, if, in the end, who yeah. they were pointing it out it was was the Ultimate Warrior. And it was probably a weird Oli prank of like, get it? I can, I'll convince people that I got their champ. And then everyone's like, well, they won't be fooled by that, actually, Oli. Uh, they will. Yeah, it's a weird one where clearly he needed something like they wanted him to be more like the WWF. And he was like, no, how about this? We get Vern Gagne in there and me, no sting. That's the main event of every show. Yeah, here's the main event. I just read from my financial investments. I heavily yeah. invested in Krugerrands because I agree with that country's policies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ole Anderson, here's the main event. First of all, I tell you what a good breakfast is, and then I point at everyone in the crowd and tell them where they went wrong in life. Welcome, everyone. Here's the first thing you do is we cry. Second thing is I go to your house. <laughs> if you if you don't have a job, oh, then I beat you to death. And if you do have a job, I tell you to get a job that I like. The first thing you got to remember about me is that I am a very humble, the best at being humble. <laughs> Eric Bischoff took over in 94. And All right, before Oli... we that, let's talk about Ole Anderson having sex with an executive at Turner. Ole Anderson, supposedly, I can't tell if it was a, an affair or he was just bagging this gal, but Eric Bischoff, and this is Eric Bischoff now, talks so upset about this woman, like, just like, there's something about wrestling people in the 90s where it's like, they like, like the WWF with Lisa Wolf and then WCW with this one where it's like, there was a woman in a pantsuit and she asked me where my goddamn requisition form was. Doesn't she know she's hurting the business? She had the gall to not sleep with me, teeny tiny Eric B. And then she goes to Upper Decker Ole Anderson. Yeah. She had the gall to want to be involved in what I would describe as a very hot relationship. Oh, I have her <laughs> office. Yeah, I, Eric Bischoff for sure likes to watch people bang, and he watched them bang, and he was like, I got to say this, Ole Anderson as a man, hate him as a guy. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen someone just stare at a woman and go, all the rage I have towards the wrestling business will be going to your pussy now. Well, this is the <laughs> this is the thing about Ole Anderson is that Ole Anderson and the way he lived his life in WCW in the later days, hooking up with that lady, uh, that is what drove Diamond Dallas Page to his relationship with Kimberly. Absolutely. He was like, wait a minute, like, if it makes Ole happy, it can make anyone happy. Yeah, because Diamond Dallas Page is like, oh my God, I can have sex with people? Yeah, exactly. Or Ole, as he was finishing, was happy for that half second and then went back to being like, they didn't book me well in Georgia in the 70s. <laughs> then she was like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. Oh, that woman, by the way, was deaf. That's what. No, that's why she was able to get along with Ole Anderson. <laughs> she hear just, anything he said. Yeah. She was just like, I want, I want Arn Anderson, but with more of a bad day. Also, yeah. classic WCW thing. His son was employed for seven whole years with WCW just because Oli was there too. It's God so bless crazy that how company. Long he was, that company, this WCW was basically, it was a company, it was its entire business, it seems, was just, do you have a relative that could use a gig? Oh, and we make wrestling too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Grizzly Smith got a job, in, although the WWE does that a fair amount. Like Vince gave Grizzly Smith a job because Jake worked there. 
Yeah, that's true. But then they'll fire like they're just way more in charge of their own books. Like Jake and Grizzly Smith didn't work there for like 18 full years. Oh, yeah. No, they like he had a job for a minute and then they were like, oh, no, this guy's a real creep. Get the fuck out. Yeah, I now I so I'm reading over a bunch of stuff at the end and just rejogging my memory. And you're totally right about him being Jim Cornette. If, if this guy had a if this guy just had someone who was okay with hearing grandpa talk, he could really have an hour long show every I single day. I, it's, it's only because Conrad Thompson is married into the Flair family. We don't have. Oh, you didn't only only you didn't know. And then just. You give him one wrestler and he tells you what, and he's always confused and uh, you can't air the Thunderbolt Patterson episodes. You can't air the Tito Santana episodes. You couldn't air any episode that, that, like all that guy's entire podcast would be live in the moment because Conrad would be like, I don't know how, but if this is re-aired, uh, it comes across like you, you're just, pl- you're planning the storming of January 6th. Well, first the Oath Keepers, isolate the officers you want to know how you book (laughs) first things first the former president gives a speech about how he won the presidency that's what i like to call the inciting incident holy where's this going you'll see it ends it ends in bruiser brody becoming the texas heavyweight championship and nancy pelosi gutted like a pig (laughs) uh what's the best thing about ole anderson john he was consistent. His ent- he came into the wrestling business bitter and upset, and that's the way he left it, baby. Yeah, I think the best thing about him is somehow, some way, this man had an exactly 20-year career and uh, left with nothing, no wanting to come back. He was completely fulfilled or not. Like It's crazy that the most bitter man in wrestling is like, oh, I think I'm done here. This has been my time. But no one else can do that, like Brian Nobbs is still being like, I could be the IC champ, but Ole Anderson's like, no, it's fine. Shot and I could be the, I could be the X division champion. All I, I could die in the room. to work at the company. And <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, also we should mention Ole Anderson very much still alive. Uh, there's so many shoot interviews Somehow. out there. If you want to drown Somehow. yourself in. Also, there's also a bunch of, there's a video of Eric Bischoff correcting Ole Anderson's shoot interview. And it's the best ever. Ole Anderson is so unlikable. He makes Eric Bischoff likable. That is how. I love it. I love it so much. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Anyone you put up against that man. Dylan, go and watch it. It's fucking fun. He's the best. Uh, I think the worst thing about Ole Anderson, we can come to a consensus here, is him as a man. Yeah. I think everything else about him as a human being is (laughs) he's. He doesn't give you anything to sink your teeth into. Like, he isn't an actual member of the clan, but he just has their beliefs. He just doesn't believe in organization. Yeah, it's always one of those things where it's like, oh, just. He's like, the clan's too close to a union. I hate unions. Yeah. If that, of a, so, a, a canker sore in your mouth was a person that also had bad breath, it's Ole Anderson. <laughs> So that's Ole Anderson, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, we'll be back with who do you want to do, John, off the top of your head? Uh, Eric Watts. Eric Watts. Done. We're going to do the, Eric the, Watts somehow. After the year of McMahon, I only like doing fun ones. And Eric- Also, Eric Watts apparently came back in TNA and was very good. Yeah, everyone loved him in TNA. Everyone, all the nerds were like, me, 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 me. Here's me. Me, 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 me. 
I tougher. That's a very good impression of you. Uh, yeah, Eric Watts will be next week. You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash wrestlerview, where if you give us enough money, we will mail you some loads. And if you give us less money, we won't. If you go to Redbubble, uh, you can find our merch. Get yourself a wrestler review shower curtain. Yeah, and if you go to Red Tube, you can find a bunch of stuff there too. <laughs> yeah, you can find a, probably a bunch of Dylan Gott stand-up clips. Yeah, 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 yo, 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 yo. Uh, and also Red Bubble Twitch stream. John yep. Hastings comedy on Twitch uh, every day at ten, uh, Thursday, Sunday through Thursday at 10 p.m. UK time, 2 p.m. Pacific time, all other times in between. You can check out my social media, the John Hastings, and go buy our albums at Bandcamp, wherever good albums are sold, and make sure to tweet at CD Baby. You guys are fucking losers, and I hate you. <laughs> uh, we're at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dylan Gott on every social media platform there is. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. Type my name into Facebook. It's easy to find. Redbubble.com backslash people backslash Wrestler Review. And if you buy some merch, take a picture. We'll post it on our goddamn fucking shitty fucking social meds. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.